Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, we feel that these days are strange, but we take endless hope and comfort in the knowledge that you are unchanged. And Lord, even in these days where it seems like no one has control or even understanding, Lord, we thank you for being in complete control with all understanding. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, Garrett and Christy. You guys continue to be awesome. And good morning, church. It is good to be with you this morning. I am Scott. I am the youth pastor here, and I have had the great privilege of Pastor Aaron sharing the pulpit with me this morning as uh, him and his beautiful wife are out working on growing our children's ministry this morning, and I am excited to be here. I will tell you that... The first few times I was given the opportunity to preach, uh, I will admit that I experienced a little bit of concern and nervousness in the beginning, uh, hours before church, that maybe the word would have gotten out that I was going to be speaking instead of the pastor, and there would be like a low turnout, and some of you wouldn't come after learning that it was the B-Squad, and um, this is pretty much the worst case scenario, I'll be honest with you. This is a lower turnout than I ever feared. But I'd like to start by asking you a bit of a weird question. Uh, full disclosure, it's a silly question, but I'd, I, it's a real question. I'd like you to take it seriously. The question I'd like to ask this morning is, why has the coronavirus spread faster than Christianity? It's a real question. It's a silly question, I'll admit. But why is the virus, the coronavirus, spread faster than Christianity? The virus is horrible, right? It gives you a fever. Nobody wants it. Everybody's trying to avoid it. Jesus is incredible. His love and his hope are endless. He provides grace, forgiveness, salvation. Jesus is the greatest beauty ever known. Yet somehow... It's taken over 2,000 years for Christianity to spread to about one-third of the world, and the coronavirus spread to over 210 countries in a matter of months. Think about that. It's weird to think about, but think about that. Seriously, why? Is it because the virus is contagious? Jesus is infectious. He's absolutely irresistible once you get to know him. And people don't even want the virus. They're trying, in fact, we're trying like crazy to avoid spreading the virus. Yet somehow it spreads. And meanwhile, missionaries are living in mud huts and eating worms in weird countries for years to spread the news of Jesus. So what is it? Something. I believe part of the problem is something that I call undercover Christianity. I'll use air quotes, undercover Christianity. So for the moment, let's define undercover Christianity as sinners who have become Christians who are still sinners. We know we're sinners, right? We've given our lives to Jesus, and now we're Christians. 
Problem is, we're all still sinners. Now, if you're a sinner who's become a Christian and haven't managed to stop sinning yet, I'm going to put you in this category, okay? It's a large bucket of, of us, okay? If you're a Christian who has not managed to stop sinning, you are in this category, undercover Christian. Now, if you have managed to stop sinning, please call me after the service because we would like you to speak next week, and we can't wait to hear what you have to say and how you've succeeded in that. Now, like the rest of you, I have been watching a lot of Netflix recently. How does he know? I know. And right now I'm watching this show. I won't say what it is, but there's this guy, and uh, he's FBI, right? And he's in deep, deep FBI cover. And uh, he looks like the bad guys. He sounds like the bad guys. And he's been undercover so long that if you didn't know better, you would probably think that he was a bad guy. You couldn't even tell that he was FBI. Now, some sinners are easy to spot in our society, right? Like thieves and burglars and drug dealers, you know, murderers. They're easy to spot. They're like the people that end up on the news, okay? Those sinners are easy to pick out. But some of us undercover Christians, though, we've gotten pretty good at walking the Christian walk and talking the Christian talk. You guys know what I mean. We have a, we have a particular walk. I know you know the walk. It looks like this. Right? We have the Christian walk. Right? These are, this is like how we walk. This is how we look. Yes, Dan, I'm looking at you. But we also have our talk, right? We even have our own language. Some of you know what it's called. We call it Christianese. It goes like, how are you today? Oh, good morning. How are you this morning? And we say, oh, it's, it's been a tough week. But I'm blessed. And we say, oh, something went wrong. I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, I'll pray for you. But then do we? No, of course we don't. Now, I know, I know, I know some of you are thinking, hey, that's not cool. I actually do pray for people when I say that I will. You folks are good. And I mean really good. I don't mean that sarcastically at all. I know some of you do pray for each other daily. And to be completely honest with you, we couldn't do it without you. So I don't mean that sarcastically. But you folks, I am going to put in your own category. Those of you who actually do pray for each other, when you say that you will, I am going to put you in the category of deep cover Christians. You guys have been doing Christianity so long that most of us can hardly even tell that you're sinners anymore. You are in deep cover. So what's the problem with undercover Christianity, right? I mean, doesn't that include all of us? We're Christians who continue to sin. No, don't get me wrong. Being a Christ follower is great. Being a Christian sinner, though, that's tough. You see, sinning Christians experience this guilt, the frustration, like emotional turbulence. It makes us look like hypocrites to non-Christians, and it makes us somehow feel like we're the only ones struggling with sin. It leaves us feeling like posers. Not everybody understands that. Posers are these people who pretend to be something that they're not. Like you're posing, right? That's a poser. Nobody wants to be a poser. 
This is a serious problem, church. Thank the Lord that we have an instruction manual. God's given us an instruction manual to help us get out of this mess. So if you could, please take your manual out, your Bible, and uh, follow along with me. Some of you are not getting up. Seriously, go get your Bible. I'll wait. I'll wait. Okay, like three of you got up. All right. So now that you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Romans 7.14. Actually, Rome, yeah, Romans chapter 7, verse 14. It's near the back. Follow along with me, if you will. The war within us, this is the title, the war within us. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am not spiritual since sin rules me as if I were its slave. I do not understand the things that I do. I do not do what I want to do, and I do the things that I hate. This is Paul. And if I do not do, and if I do not want to do the hated things I do, that means I agree that the law is good. But I am really not the one who is doing these hated things. You see, it is the sin living within me that does them. But it feels a little bit like a loophole, right? I, I think we, next time you get pulled over, you should try that. Officer, it wasn't me sinning. It wasn't me speeding. It was the sin within my body that was speeding. It really wasn't me. Let me know how that works. Okay, we're on verse 18. Yes, I know that nothing good lives in me. I mean, nothing good lives in the part of me that is earthly and sinful. I want to do the things that are good but I do not do them. I want to do the good things I want to do, but I do the bad things I do not want to do. It's a lot of to-dos. Stay with me. We're on verse 20. So if I do the things I do not want to do, then am I not the one doing them? It is sin living in me that does those things. So I have learned this rule. When I want to do good, evil is there with me, in my mind. I am happy with God's law, but I see another law working in my body, which makes war against the law that is in my mind. That other law working in my body is the law of sin, and it makes me pr its prisoner. What a miserable man I am. Who will save me from this body that brings me death? I thank God for saving me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in my mind, I am a slave to God's law. But in my sinful self, I am a slave to the law of sin. So as appealing as that all sounds, you feel like a double slave to two masters, let's return to our question. Why? Why does the coronavirus spread faster than Christianity? This question is answered well by a quote from somebody named Brendan Manning, who most of you have never heard of, but it is also played as part of the lyrics in an old DC talk song that some of you will recognize. And the quote is this. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyles. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. The problem is, folks, 
the world looks at Christianity and they see us and they're not buying it. They say if Christianity really was what they say it was, those folks would never stop talking about it. They would shout it from the rooftops. They would never shut up about how great God's grace is. And they certainly wouldn't do what they do if they truly believed and it was real. And they certainly wouldn't say what some Christians say. The world's not buying it, folks. They're looking at us and they're not buying it. See, the problem is the whole reason we're undercover in the first place. We're afraid. We're afraid if our Christian cover is blown, that people might find out that we really are still sinners. How can we believe in Christ and still sin? We're afraid that if we spread Jesus to our coworkers and our neighbors, like some people spread the coronavirus, that they might actually catch us. Our neighbors and coworkers might actually catch us sinning later. And now we're right back to being hypocrites and posers. Nobody wants to be a poser. Something's got to change, church. It's been 2,000 years. And I don't know if we have 2,000 more. So let's get some good news in here. Let's get some good news. I feel like we could use a little good news this morning. Um, if you had your Bible out, same page. Okay, I'm going to make it easy for everybody. Same page. We're going to go to chapter 8, verse 1. If you would follow along with me, it's titled, Be Ruled by the Spirit. So now, those who are in Christ Jesus are not judged guilty. Thank God. Those who are in Christ Jesus are not judged guilty. Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit that brings life. Uh, let me read that again. Through, Jesus, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit that brings life made you free from the law that brings sin and death. The law was without power because the law was made weak by your sinful selves. But God did what the law could not do. Don't miss this part. He sent his own son to the earth with the same human life that others use for sin. By sending his son to be an offering for sin, God used a human life to destroy sin. He did this so that we could be the kind of people the law correctly wants us to be. Now we do not live following our sinful selves, but we live following the Spirit. There's hope. There's hope. Now, I've been reading recently about a disciple named Philip. I'll be the first to admit, okay, I am an undercover, undercover Christian. I couldn't tell you five things about Philip. I know virtually nothing about the man. But as I'm reading, I've come to notice something about Philip. He doesn't seem to know much about Jesus. He keeps asking Jesus stupid questions. I think I've come to understand. I think he's, he's obviously an undercover disciple. He asks Jesus all these ridiculous questions and he's constantly getting corrected. But the cool thing that I'm noticing about Philip is he seems to keep pointing others to Jesus. 
He gets that right over and over, over and over. He's directing people to Jesus for the answers to their questions. Philip is lost in the sauce, but he knows Jesus, and he points others to Jesus. Here's my point, and I'll actually be closing with this. As long as this unbelieving world looks to us to represent Christ, they will always find it unbelievable. Let me read that again. As long as this unbelieving world looks to us to represent Christ, they will always find it unbelievable. Yes, we were sinners. It's true. And yes, we sin still. Equally true. But we must stop being afraid of blowing our cover as perfect Christians and start pointing people to the God that sent his son to be an offering for sin. The God who used a human life to destroy sin. He did this so that we could be the kind of people the law wants us to be. Now we do not live following our sinful selves, but we live following the Holy Spirit. The point? We must point people to Jesus. Dear Lord, Lord, we need you now. Lord, we need you now, dare I say, more than ever before. Lord, we are broken, and we are undercover Christians. Lord, we were sinners, and we have found you. And Lord, somehow we sin still. And Lord, unfortunately, I, I think it's, I believe that it's true that this unbelieving world, when they look to us to see what Christ looks like, Lord, they just find it unbelievable. And the result is a horrible virus spreads faster than your word. Lord, this morning, we ask you, we ask that you would help us point to you. Lord, we may be more like Philip than we realize. We might ask stupid questions. But Lord, this morning, our prayer is that you would help us point to you. When the unbelieving world looks to us to see what you're like, that we would not be seen, but that we would point to you and say, this, Lord, this world is what it looks like. This is our Jesus. This is our Christ. Lord, that they would not see us. Lord, we ask that this world would see you through us. This is our prayer. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for loving us. Lord, thank you for hearing our prayer this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.